Section 7 of the Underground Railroad, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry. The Underground Railroad, Part 4, by William Still. Section 7. Arrival from Maryland. John Janey, Talbot Johnson, Sam Gross, Peter Gross, James Henry Jackson, and Sam Smith. $1,000 reward. Ran away from the subscriber August 14th. Two Negro men. V. Bill Hutton, aged 48 or 50, dark brown, round face, 5 feet 7 or 8 inches high, rather stout, has a waddling walk, and small bald spot on top of his head. Talbot Johnson aged about thirty-five, is black, spare, and lean-visaged, about five feet ten inches high, has lost some of his front teeth, leans forward as he walks. If taken in a slave state, I will give two hundred dollars each for their recovery. For their recovery from a free state, I will give one-half their value. B. D. Bond. Port Republic, Maryland. Ran away at the same time and in company, Negro man, Sam Gross. Aged about 35, is 5 feet 8 or 9 inches high, black color, rather bad teeth. For his recovery, if taken in a slave state, I will give $200. For his recovery in a free state, I will give half his value. George, Ireland. Port Republic, Maryland. Ran away at the same time and in company, two Negro men, viz. Peter Gross, aged 33, is light brown color, 5 feet 9 or 10 inches high, has a small scar over his right eyebrow, usually wears a goatee, has a pleasant countenance. John Janey, aged 22, light brown color, 5 feet 6 or 7 inches high, broad across the shoulders, has one of his front upper teeth broken, has a scar upon one of his great toes, from the cut of an axe. For their recovery, if taken in a slave state, I will give $200 each. For their recovery from a free state, I will give half their value. Joseph Griffiths. St. Leonard's, Calvert County, Maryland. Refer to N. E. Berry, number 63 Pratt Street, Baltimore. So far as Messrs. Bond, Ireland, and Griffiths may be concerned, if they are still living, they may not care to have the reward kept in view or to hear anything about the ungrateful fellows. It may be different, however, with the other parties concerned. This company, some of whom bore names agreeing with those in the above advertisement, are found described in the record book as follows. September 10, 1858 john janey is a fine specimen of the peculiar institution color brown well formed self-possessed and intelligent he says that he fled from master joseph griffiths of colbert county maryland that he has been used to tight work allowed no chances and but half fed his reason for leaving was partly hard treatment and partly because he could get along better in freedom than in slavery he found fault with his master for not permitting him to learn to read, etc. He referred to his master as a man fifty years of age, with a wife and three children. 
john said that she was a large portly woman with an evil disposition always wanted to be quarreling and fighting and was stingy he said however that his master's children anna rebecca dorcas and joe were not allowed to meddle with the slaves on the farm thirty head of slaves belonged on the place peter gross says that he too was owned by joseph griffiths peter is he thinks thirty-nine years of age tall of a dark chestnut color and in intellect mediocre he left his wife and five children behind he could not bring them with him therefore he did not tell them that he was about to leave he was much dissatisfied with slavery and felt that he had been badly dealt with and that he could do better for himself in canada talbot johnson is thirty-five years of age quite dark and substantially built he says that he has been treated very badly and that duke bond was the name of the tyrant who held him he pictured his master as a lean-faced man not stout of thirty-eight or thirty-nine years of age a member of the episcopal church he had a wife and two children his last wife was right pleasant he was a farmer and was rich had sold slaves and was severe when he flogged talbot had been promised a terrible beating on the return of his master from the springs whither he had gone to recruit his health as he was poorly this was the sole cause of talbot's flight sam gross is about forty a man of apparent vigor physically and wide awake mentally he confesses that he fled from george island near port republic maryland he thought that times with him had been bad enough all his life and he would try to get away where he could do better in referring to his master and mistress he says that they are both episcopalians hard to please and had as bad dispositions as could be would try to knock the slaves in the head sometimes this spirit sam condemned in strong terms and averred that it was on account of such treatment that he was moved to seek out the underground railroad sam left his wife mary ann and four children all under bonds his children he said were treated horribly they were owned by joseph griffiths spoken of above james henry jackson is seventeen years of age he testifies that he fled from frederica delaware where he had been owned by joseph brown jim does not make any serious complaint against his master except that he had him in the market for sale to avert this fate jim was moved to flee his mother ann jackson lived nine miles from milford and was owned by jim laughlin and lived on his place of the going of her son she had no knowledge these narratives had been copied from the book as they were hastily recorded at the time during their sojourn at the station the subjoined letter came to hand from thomas garrett which may have caused anxiety and haste wilmington ninth month sixth eighteen fifty eight esteemed friends j m mckim and william still i have a mixture of good and bad news for you good and having passed five of god's poor safely to jersey and chester county last week and this day sent on four more that have caused me much anxiety they were within twenty miles of here on sixth day last and by agreement i had a man out all seventh day night watching for them to pilot them safely as one thousand dollar reward was offered for four of the five and i went several miles yesterday in the country to try to learn what had become of them but could not hear of them 
a man of tried integrity just called to say that they arrived at his house last night about midnight and i employed him to pilot them to a place of safety in pennsylvania to-night after which i trust they will be out of reach of their pursuers now for the bad news that old scoundrel who applied to me some three weeks since pretending that he wished me to assist him in getting his seven slaves into a free state to avoid the sheriff and which i agreed to do if he would bring them here but positively refused to send for them ten days since i received another letter from him saying that the sheriff had been there and taken away two of the children which he wished me to raise money to purchase and set free and then closed by saying that his other slaves a man his wife and three children had left the same evening and he had no doubt i would find them at a colored man's house he named here and wished me to ascertain at once and let him know i at once was convinced he wished to know so as to have them arrested and taken back i found the man had arrived but the women and children had given out and he left them with a colored family in cecil i wrote him word the family had not got here but said nothing of the man being here on the seventh day evening i saw a colored woman from the neighborhood she told me that the owner and sheriff were out hunting five days for them before they found them and says there is not a greater hypocrite in that part of the world i wrote him a letter yesterday letting him know just what i thought of him your friend thomas garrett end of section seven